This week we'll be talking about everything that happened at Disney's Marvel Games Showcase, aka D23 Expo, all the Assassin's Creed games Ubisoft is throwing on us, even China's investing in the Assassin's Creed hype train, how heroes in Overwatch 2 are unlocked and if it's a good idea, AIQI testing in Xbox Mac booty dreams, Xbox offered PlayStation a cod-shaped olive branch and PlayStation finding it inadequate inadequate game impressions of Tom and last of us remake and more on season six episode 35 of press x to start podcast What's up, everyone? I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Bad Choices, a.k.a. I am back. The 102nd Dalmatian is here, ready to bark at your uh, next command. (laughs) (laughs) I am joined by... Oh. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm your heavyweight champion from Wish Nigga with California, a.k.a. The Janitor Because We Watch Niggas, a.k.a. Mr. (laughs) Three-Fifths, Marcus (laughs) <laughs> Marcus, you're more than that. You're like a four-fifths, my guy. <laughs> Thank you, King. I am Sean MF Ross. What they MF stand for? Huey B. Shooting. Oh. Ooh, okay. I like that one. Is that a boondocks thing? I'ma fuck you up. <laughs> Last up? Hey everyone, I'm Avery. Nailed it. Look at that. He's just he doesn't know why he ain't with us, but he does anyways. We appreciate it. All right. Now you know who we are. Press XR Podcast is a weekly show where we talk about the latest gaming news, review the biggest games, and give you our thoughts on the games we are playing. Our goal is to expand the video game media landscape through an underserved point of view. Don't forget, if you've forgotten already, please like this show. Subscribe to our channel and make sure you hit that notification bell and then also share this sort of share this podcast, of course, because, you know, you just have to do that. And if you're listening to us, please pause the podcast, leave a review and then come back to this amazing podcast because we are about to get into the quick hits. Yeah. Uh, the week that we're recording this, we had two big video games, so it's not big, but we had two video game showcases this uh, week. Uh, the Disney and Marvel Games uh, Showcase, which is the breadth of Disney's entire catalog of entertainment now that they no longer have their own publishing house, but they now do have a games... How do I say this? They don't only do publishing, but they, but they have a game branch that controls uh, mm-hmm. their games, so shout out to John Drake. Uh, and then we had the Ubisoft Forward, which was uh, essentially Ubisoft's big. I'm not sure if they did another forward earlier in the year, but this is their big uh, showcase for the, their catalog for the rest of the year and early into next year. We're going to go over the D23 event. Uh, me and DJ did a reacts to the uh, uh, actual event itself. So if you want a breakdown of our thoughts in depth of the uh, content, uh, I'm going to point to a uh, box on the screen. And DJ is going to annotate it, so you can just click on that, and uh, yeah, it there. should take you there. Or go to our channel, and you can uh, 
whatever. Listen to it. You'll get an in-depth. Uh, <laughs> uh, you already know how we ultimately feel about it. But both Marcus and Sean weren't present. So how did they feel about it as a whole? I don't feel like I missed anything. Um, the World War Two game. What? Who, who asked for this? The the Captain, the Captain America, America and yeah, we'll we'll talk about oh. it. We'll talk about that. I mean, are we, are we talking about the Ubisoft thing first, or are we talking about no, the D twenty three? Okay, uh, I'm excited uh, for the Black Panther game mostly, or Black Panther Cap game mostly because one, I like that team up, and then two, Did you say Black Panther Cap game. I said Black Panther Cap. Cap. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, cat. <laughs> I mean, the Panther was the Black Panther, uh, is, Black Panther patch of uh, stray. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I like that team up. Um, I think that that is uh, Avery had said it off cast, but um, a lot of the best Captain America stories came during uh, World War Two, which is the one world war where we were in the right. So, you know, I get why people <laughs> want to keep going back into that. Well, there was a clear right and wrong. Exactly. I mean, literally, when you're fighting something called the axis of evil, you That's are probably in the right. To be fair, um, they I mean, did they name themselves that? But still. Hey, Were they hey, wrong? The winners make the history, you know. What I mean? <laughs> not something to be proud of. No, it's I not. Know. <laughs> um, but then also, Amy Henning's like really good at uh, what she does as well, and yeah. so I have a lot of faith in this game. Um, and it seems like it's going to be a single player narrative uh, that kind of takes the battlefield approach and works through vignettes um, of individual stories. So, yeah. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I look forward to seeing more though, because um, what we did get was very sparse. Um, so yeah, yeah. So with that trailer, you you get a shot of um, uh, it seems very like much a, a period piece, and you see like kind of World War Two kind of theme stuff. You see the uh, the Russian gun that Avery spotted out immediately during German. our reacts. It's called German. A there we go. Yeah, it's because... pretty much. In every game, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> that shows you how much I know about the uh, the setting. Um, and then at the end, you get the four characters. You get a soldier. You Gabriel get Jones. Uh, yeah. You get uh, only, Black the Panther. Only Black, yeah, Gabriel Jones, the only Black member of the Howling Commandos. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. And then you get Black Panther, Captain America, and then a um, Dormalage. Dora. How do you? Yeah, Dormalage. Dormalage. Yeah. And she has, did they give her a name? The other name, nope. I believe it's Nanali. Okay. okay. Yeah. All I'm yeah, saying so, is if they really wanted to move units, they would have used my nigga Dum Dum Dugan. Dum Dum Dugan. <laughs> <laughs> That's a impressive name. <laughs> so yeah, um, it looks cool. Like, you know, it's one of those things where it is just a CG trailer. It's It's really hard to call it even a hype trailer because there wasn't really too much shown. And there's no title to the game, which makes it incredibly difficult to like search. So I kind of feel like. Wait, you mean to tell me that the uh, soldier king captain 
Spy. Spy isn't the name of the game? I thought they were doing a Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, yeah, that, me too. And I'm like, I'm like okay, too. okay, let's keep going. Oh, no, it's, it, they're talking about the actual characters. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes it incredibly difficult to do any kind of SEO around. So it definitely feels like... I'm, I don't want to call this rush because I'm pretty sure they just have an idea, but this is just like, you know, we just got to throw a trailer up just so we can turn heads because this is our, well, our big Disney event. Yeah. yeah. But anything else out of uh, the thing that got, caught your eyes? I mean, I my head is still blown by Avatar Reckoning. We need to move on. <laughs> we need to move if on. We're get, get really getting this. <laughs> I'm talking about positives. Nah. Uh, honestly, the only other thing really for me, uh, I'm intrigued by there being another Tron game. That's but right. then, oh yeah, I didn't. But then, that. then you, but then Avery told me that it's basically going to be a light novel, and You're wrong with light novels. I uh, oh, interesting. Uh, I'll wait. Kind of interested in Illusion Island. Uh, before we talk about Illusion Island. Uh, like Mike Bithel and Bithel Games aren't a triple A video game developer, so you're never going to get like a. Even though they've done things like Volume and uh, John Wick Hex, they're a very small team that has a very very artistic uh, approach to game design. None of their games are alike, and they're all every one of their games is a brand new thing. This would be the first time they've really done a like a visual novel thing, and I I trust Mike Bithel as a creator to like expect this to be of a, of a certain quality. Mm. But like, as a dude starving for that Tron legacy aesthetic and theme to go forward and hoping, hoping that like fucking after Top Gun Maverick, Disney just throws back to John Krasinski's, not John Krasinski. Uh, Joseph uh, Kaczynski. Joseph Kaczynski and just gives him a truckload of money and says, come on now, come on. We'll let you, we'll, we'll pay Tom Cruise for also being this movie, but we need to talk. <laughs> No, yeah, I I do hope that the fact that there is a game that is coming out, a new game coming out in the Tron world, I hope that is indicative of a renewed interest on Disney's part for more Tron content. And if that leads to a third movie, that'd be great. Or even even like a miniseries or a show in the Tron world, you know, but yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, Illusion Island, which is the 2D Rayman Legends-esque uh, platformer that's using the more modern Disney Mickey Mouse aesthetic, which I, 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 it's not for me in a sense that like, I'm not gonna run out and play this game, but yeah. it looks really cool. It really stood out amongst what was a sea of mobile games. Yeah, like if, if you didn't have any idea that you were watching like a game showcase, the trailer mm -hmm. they showed, you think like, oh, this is, a cartoon and then they kind of switch the gameplay and you're like oh this is the actual game like that's really really cool yeah so like they did a great Man, job with the aesthetic stuff. of this yeah yeah it, it looks it looks amazing so that was us uh talking about the d23 expo like i said before we did a full react myself and donald and if you want to check that out it's on our channels and all of our forums so check that out give us the view give us the likes uh we desperately need them marcus is yes. living starving in in la and he needs to be fed <laughs> when I met when I met that man, he was. I'm not gonna make this joke. Marcus has been told my entire life. He was 200 pounds. Now he's down to. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna make that exact joke. I was gonna make that exact joke, but I'm like, that's a bold face lie. It's. It was about to be like when I met him, he was fat as fuck. 
<laughs> We're gonna get copyright claim, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it. In the eyes of <laughs> an angel. <laughs> All that weight moved somewhere up. No, I, I, okay. So <laughs> the other uh, showcase that we had was the <laughs> Ubisoft Forward, hosted by Yusuf. Also, also thinking about the D23 thing, it was a hosted by Blessing Aliyah Jr. And I'm gonna reiterate, hey, shout out. out to him and Ify Dwalaway for putting us strong African root brothers on the map in terms of uh, of media. So was Ify being thirsty on Maine? If he is always being thirsty on me, I, I, I'm not even going through how he is, he is personally fighting for polyamory on the internet. So that's the thing I'm dealing with. <laughs> so more power to my boy, if he, uh, but yeah, uh, Ubisoft event hosted by Yusuf McGeed. So shout out to our Egyptian brothers out there. Uh, but yeah, it was, this was branded as a Assassin's Creed heavy event. I'm first, I'm gonna keep it a buck. So there were some scheduling issues. I didn't watch any of this forward up until the very end because it was right in the middle of D23 announcing a bunch of Marvel, uh, Lucasfilm, yeah. and 20th Century Fox stuff. And that was more interesting to me at the time. So I'm just going to go on, for the most part, articles I've read and everyone else's uh, uh, impressions to talk about it. Uh, I believe it started with uh, Mario Plus Rabbids and the Spark of Hope. More content for mm-hmm. that. I'm already sold on that game, so they didn't need to show me much about how it looked to everyone else. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm going to keep it a buck, too. I didn't get a chance to watch this stuff, but I have also been looking at articles and stuff. And, like, I am same place where you are every, like, I'm pretty much sold on Mario plus Rabbids. So I didn't really need to see too much more of it, but it looks pretty good, though. It looks good. Okay. Uh, then it looks like they showed off some Skull and Bones content. Uh, you excited for that, Avery? <laughs> we're not going to litigate this. This game has been cursed from the outset. Uh, you know, I, I hope it, like For Honor, finds its audience. So, okay, real quick, before we jump to the next game, I was thinking about John. Skull and Bones because I saw this on the list, and I was like, this, I think, I think the confusion is that because Assassin's Creed is a AAA game, yeah, and this game definitely screams like double A. Oh, this game screams triple A to me. Does it? Yeah. See, I, I think I think for me, this would be triple A if there was more ground stuff. But because it is just limited to boat interactions and just like you know, based off things I've seen, like you just pretty much just doing stuff on the boat, like that's where it's like, oh okay, that definitely takes off one of those A's for me. And it's just like all right, it just seems like it seems like one of those free to play games that's you know like that's that's you do the boat stuff and know. that's kind of give us a water world game you coward money off of this game. Well, like think? I said, I think this game is a fiscal year. We have contracts that we are obligated to. That this is the only reason this game is coming out. I'm yeah. sure there's some passionate people working on a game from what I've seen, but uh. I really don't think they expect to make money off of it. And it's crazy how many different studios worked on this shit. I didn't realize Ubisoft ha- had this many studios. We we ha- we talked about oh. this when we were talking about uh, yes. uh we're still in the midst of uh acquisition gate, but we were talking about this earlier when I did look it up. Ubisoft it individually has probably more studios than all the other up until Xbox are buying people, like all the mm-hmm. other studios combined. It just like all over the world. Yeah. Like in places you wouldn't even think there should be a studio in they are essentially the video game scene which is actually cool for em- emergent developers they're like hey there's a triple a studio 
that you could yeah. do. Ubisoft in Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Skull and Bones. Uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how this game shakes out. Uh, my expectations aren't high. Uh, there was some Riders Republic stuff, which it, they were talking about how it's season four update, which shout out to it still surviving enough in a way that Ubisoft wants to advertise it. So cool. So real quick again, looking through the article, I completely didn't think Riders Republic was going to be on here. I saw it and I was like, oh, dope, Riders Republic. I went to find a trailer for this. Couldn't find a trailer. So I don't know what that means, but I just kind of kept it moving. I thought that was really weird. Are you talking about the BMX stuff? Yeah. I saw the trailer. Yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, then maybe yeah. my search was bad. Jesus. Yeah, you don't know how the internet good. Uh, we then got to the Tom Clancy the Division section where we got three pieces of Division news. One was them essentially talking about the main Division game, which is on season 10, which once again didn't know that they were doing seasonal live service content. So that's cool. <laughs> uh, two, uh, they finally announced Division Heartland, which was leaked earlier in the uh, week. And I believe it is going to be the Division if it was Tarkov game, which I'm actually kind of excited about. I've, I, what does that yeah, mean? I, uh, it's a it's a PvPVE looter shooter game where you're like oh. it's like it's not like a it, it's not even like a looter shooter in mm-hmm. that like it's like it's it's hard to parse but it's like Escape from Tarkov that type of game. I mean, it's more division, but you're fighting off this damn gas. Like it's in sections, and you have like this machine in the middle that you got to stabilize to stave off the gas, and you got gas masks on to put stuff. It's 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 more division, man. It's just more. You fighting gas. farts. Sure. <laughs> deadly <Sure>. farts <laughs> the deadliest then they yeah, also like, sh- oh i'm sorry yeah, yeah I, um for division like i think it was a, it was a long time i'm about to play the trailer of uh heartland but um a long long time ago on this very very podcast uh i was talking we, we had a conversation jordan was a part of it and i was like yeah you know i wouldn't be surprised if they put zombies in um in division and, and jordan was like never and i was like all right we'll see and i definitely haven't put zombies in this game yet but i'm still holding my uh hopes for that but um mm. i think Be this content is a separate game from the division yeah and it's, it's a free-to-play game as well yeah. um i i think this is really cool i think it's a really good idea i am excited for this but it's it's some I'm cautiously optimistic over this because I think if it works well, it would be great. But for me, this is Ubisoft that we're talking about. And, you know, Ubisoft has a very particular style of game that is fun for the first, like, you know, eight hours or so. And then it's it's just like, okay, well, we're just kind of doing the same things over and over again. But I, I really hope that this this changes that format i don't know i'm I'm just cautiously excited cautiously optimistic for this game and then they also showed off tom clancy's division resurgence which is a mobile game so enough said moving on from there to another mobile game uh rainbow six siege is going to be on mobile so yay for the siege heads out there there's that still exists uh they also then talked about a netflix partnership where they're making a couple of mobile games for netflix's games division which once again, actually exists, and I forget about all the time. They're also talking yeah. about a Assassin's Creed Netflix show, which sure, okay. man. Uh, I, yeah. Bring back Michael see. Fassbender, you cowards! <laughs> Bring that giant machine he was strapped to. 
Wait, they had oh, a movie, man. didn't they? Yeah, yeah they did. The movie, they did. Movie is it's it's even hard to call it good. Like the directing is amazing, but the actual plot and like structure of the movie is just kind of mid, and it's just one of those mm-hmm. things where like a lot of weird choices were made. Yeah, we've got Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard in it, so at least it's fun to watch them. I guess. Do you have any um, excitement over this show, Avery? No, he says Netflix, Netflix, right? It's yeah, okay. I mean, like, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one word. <laughs> they showed off Rocksmith, which I'm really excited. It's still a thing that, that's going on, and it's actually one of the cooler parts of video games that people sort of forget about. Is that Ubisoft made a guitar training game? Yeah. That actually teaches you how to play guitar, which I think is really dope. And then Just Dance, the game that just won't die, <laughs> is still out there. Yeah, that, that game needs an award. But it's got KDA in it, so I might actually play it this time. You know. Oh. Pop stars. Please upload some clips. No. What? <laughs> you people are God lucky says. that you get an hour of footage of me on the internet at all. My social media <laughs> presence is zero. Right. He's not lying. <laughs> And then we get to the meat. Yeah, we then we get to the meat of the uh, the forward, which was them sort of detailing their the greater Assassin's Creed plan. So I'm going to talk about the plans, and then we can discuss them. Uh, first, they showed off Assassin's Creed Mirage, which uh, is not actually a sequel to Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla, but it's actually a prequel showing the uh, origins of the Boston character. It's also a because of the way the Assassin's Creed timeline works. It's actually a prequel to the original Assassin's Creed. So, like, it's Middle Eastern locations. It's back to the Hidden Blade. We're cutting off our finger. Uh, it's, uh, it's back to social stealth and, like, stripped away RPG elements. Uh, and they also got, uh, I, I have a hard time pronouncing her name, but Shore uh, Adashlu, who, if you don't know, she is Madame Asrala from uh, Expanse. She's also one of the cast of Arcane, at least the first uh, act of that series. So I'm excited to see her. Uh, and then they gave the update to Valhalla, which is going to be the last chapter, which is going to be a large expansion, which is going to be the last bit of content that we're getting for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Then they talked about Assassin's Creed Codename Jade, which is a Assassin's Creed game set in China that is a mobile game. Then we got to the meet where they talked about Assassin's Creed Infinity and what that's going to be and what they're working on. Uh, but they revealed the first two expansions for Unity or Infinity are going to be Codename Red, which is a Assassin's Creed game set in Japan, which is a very powerful shinobi fantasy. Ninjas! And then we got uh, Assassin's Creed Codename Hexy, which uh, there's no real detail on it, but it has a very uh, heavy Salem Witch Trials aesthetic. So things I've heard about it seem to indicate it's more Roman influence than sort of like Salem influence, but we'll see how that turns out. And, and yeah, uh, Valhalla last chapter is 2022, Mirage is 2023, and then with no date, but I'm assuming on this cadence it's going to be 2024, it's mm. going to be Horizon, and they pretty much talked about how most of the Ubisoft's main development teams are working on Horizon, so it very much seems to be more of a Call of Duty S rollout for that as a mm-hmm. brand. Yeah, it's, that's a lot of Assassin's Creed, man. It's like five games all up in that Assassin Chrissy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think my fear of this is uh, looking at Valhalla. 
in Odyssey, the one before that, that was Roman, right? Yeah. 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 No, the it issues with was Greek. It was Greek. Okay. So the issues with those two games was it was great. The gameplay was good, but then the game itself was just entirely too long. And I feel like if this is going to be a bunch of Assassin's Creed games, they're all generally are probably going to play the same except for Mirage. So it's just going to be same gameplay, different clothes. And I, I don't know. I yeah, hope some people like that. I, yeah, I know. Like, that's, that's where I'm just kind of, that's where I'm kind of like unsure because like this could be amazing for the people who are still playing Valhalla today. But like, I just don't know if that, if that general audience is going to be here for all of this because, you know, they will. They will. I guess. I guess. I they got know. people who buy FIFA every year, 2K every year, Madden every year, Call of Duty every year. There's people yeah. who buy Assassin's Creed every release and play the shit out of it. It's it's gonna. They found their bread and butter. I think everyone's told me. Uh, seventy-five percent of what DC puts out is Batman stuff. Yes. Ubisoft has found their bread and butter and. They got the numbers and the spreadsheets to see whether it's faltering or not and what they need to change. And that's true. Well, they, they're moving they, accordingly. Yeah, to that point, they fixed the faltering issue when they decided to set. Remember, Assassin's Creed used to be annualized. We got an Assassin's Creed game yeah. every year. And I played that's them true. every year till we got to Origins, in which I was like, I hate the way this game is, is built now. If this is going to be every year, I'm not sitting here for this every year. They changed that, and now it became every other year. There was given time to breathe, and now, now there's actually distinct time period between these massive games. Uh, mm-hmm. The question is, we only know preliminary stuff about Infinity, so we don't know how big these games are going to be, what these games are going to be. Are they right, just going right, to be yeah. more like, here's a Japan hub area where we're going to put you in RPG Assassin's Creed missions, or is it going to be a massive The witcher S RPG world that they've been working on for a while, that they're going to do on an annualized level. We, we honestly don't have enough data on Infinity to really pass judgment on what it's going to be. But to your point, mm-hmm. it, it, I am up more to your point, DJ, than, than Sean's. Even though I agree ultimately with what Sean is saying and that like they know this is going to work, I think games of that size are incredibly daunting and they will turn away your audience. So I'm interested to see what they're going to do with that. The most interesting thing about this entire Assassin's Creed rollout for me is Mirage. Which is yeah. not even just a like return to Assassin's Creed form. It even is sort of like a AC one all over again situation in the way that like oh we're in the Middle East, uh, we're doing social stealth, like all of that stuff is back. And I'm like, as someone who's hated the giant RPG, we are the Witcher, but in historical locations vibe that the Assassin's Creed games have had for the last three, I'm super excited for Mirage. Yeah. Uh, and then and then beyond this, I think the only other thing that I am very interested to see would be the Assassin's Creed Red, the, the, the Japan game, the whole Shinobi thing, because, you know, we have Ghost of Tsushima. And like, I feel like for a lot of people, that was the Assassin's Creed game that people was yelling at Ubisoft to make. So they kind of mm-hmm. just positioned to, I guess, to to the consumer, they looked at ghost as like that game that they wanted and it did well and it played well and a lot of people liked it so Though there is a disconnect there where despite you being able to do ninja shit that is a game about samurai 
Exactly. That's true. That's they described Red as a Shinobi game. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be another one that I'm going to be looking at. And I, I just. But, yeah. To, to DJ's point, though, like, if it's going in the vein of the modern Assassin's Creed weird open world RPGs, then calling it a Shinobi game makes no sense because there's no stealth in those yeah. games. You can't stealth, but like, exactly. it's like, it's not even a main feature of the game. Right. So, like, in my head, that means they're going in more, like, Mirage is a testing ground for where the games are going in the future, if that makes sense. Right. To me. Right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the Mirage style of combat would make more sense for a Shinobi game than the Valhalla or um, even Origins. Like, yeah. So, no, I'm, yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm hoping that, like, that is the gameplay uh you know differentiation that i'm like wanting that that way like yeah you can play uh what hexy and that is more of like the valhalla style of combat and then you can play red and that's more of like mirage style of combat the only other thing that i'm kind of thinking of is just like all right well they're talking about these games now but what is that release schedule going to look like you know and i guess if these are like eight to ten hour experiences and we could probably mm-hmm. get a few of these throughout the year but we'll see as someone who is the uh i guess least initiated on assassin's creed out of everybody here um i do appreciate the fact that they are really leaning back into the assassins from different cultures and like actually having them be assassins because from what i've heard at least for valhalla and uh the the roman is it roman or greek yeah odyssey they were kind of assassins in name only yeah they're not assassins in those games yeah so it's kind of cool to see them return to that like truly assassins like having shinobi in japan having uh you know the assassins in the Middle East get and away from stuff. the WWE slobber knockers that they turn into. It's like, right. It's more in line with uh, Black Flag, which is like, I love Black Flag, but you are not an assassin in that game. You are a pirate who happens to just take on the clothes of an assassin. But like yeah. that game is very rooted in the Assassin's Creed, like meta lore of it. Oh, uh, Sean. But yeah, yeah. So like, I think that that's cool that they're doing that again. And I'm intrigued by Red. And from what I've seen of Mirage, I'm intrigued by that as well. So this might be my like, I don't know, might be my gateway back into checking out Assassin's Creed. And then also, I'm gonna hit you. Hexy. <laughs> Hexy is, uh, is Hellblade until I'm told different. <laughs> I, I, for me personally i just hope they like they remember the modern day aspect of assassin's creed like one of the reasons i love the original Ezio trilogy up until the end of three is that this idea that there was this modern day story that was tying everything together and that just kind of became like background noise for w- what the games became and like yeah i was of the mindset that this is what you wanted that like these like historical rpgs just get rid of the modern day stuff but the modern day stuff is still fucking there so i'm like figure it out bring back desmond miles let's move on (laughs) yeah so he was talking about ubisoft here is uh this is from uh, matthew roseman tasolo hummel and julie zoo from rooters 
China's Tencent raises stake in Assassin's Creed maker Ubisoft. So something we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks is that Tencent has been looking like they're trying to make a hostile takeover of uh, Ubisoft in the vein of Vivendi back in the day. But through some legal shenanigans, what ultimately has happened is Tencent has taken, uh, I forgot the exact number, but they, uh, yeah, so they've become their biggest shareholder at 11%, and which they can further increase to 17%, but that's the cap. They can't go over that for at least the next eight years. So essentially what this means is that Tencent now has uh, a bigger interest in Ubisoft. Uh, Ubisoft now has a giant influx of cash, which should really help them over the next couple of years as they get their shit together in terms of what they're doing with their games. Uh, which kind of uh, lines up with all this Assassin's Creed stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know, last week we talked about Tencent putting money into from software, software, software. Well, yeah. yeah, last 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 from, week I said from software because I was getting that confused with Bethesda. It's software. So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see Tencent move in this kind of way where they're just kind of throwing money, not not necessarily across the board, but into the properties where, um, you know, they think are going to be lucrative in the future. So it's like, yeah. all right, cool. We'll see. It is nice that they had that cap at 17% to make sure Ubisoft doesn't get threatened by a hostile takeover <laughs> again. At least for the next six or eight years. Right, yeah. yeah. By that time, the Ubisoft family will be out and they'll be in awesome. their own private island with a bunch of Assassin's Creed uh, stickers. And I hear Montenegro was really great this time of year. <laughs> uh, anyone else have any thoughts on this uh, Tencent move? No? Okay, so our next story is uh, this is from Paul Tassi. Shout out to you. Uh, he's been dealing with a lot of Destiny bullshit over the last couple of years. This man, I don't understand how he has a job. Because <laughs> all it seems to do is play Destiny and watch Netflix. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> Philip Paul Tassi from Forbes. New Overwatch 2 heroes will be unlocked via free battle pass grind, angering players. So yeah, the news came out that instead of heroes being released to everyone free like they've been doing in the past of Overwatch, that all characters are going to be locked behind a, uh, a battle pass and you have to earn them. So I also did some of my own investigating journalism to see what the streets <laughs> were talking about in regards to Overwatch 2. And I have some information that can or cannot be true. I don't trust it. This is 100% me rumor-mongering based on this news right here. So apparently the Battle Pass system is being implemented by Activision Blizzard, the Activision side of Activision Blizzard, because they want every game oh. to be like Warzone. Uh, the battle pass oh. will be like ten dollars or a thousand Overwatch coins. So, like Overwatch is going to have its uh, unlock is going to have its own credit in there. Yeah, uh, they've said that every new hero is going to be unlocked on the free section of the battle pass. You don't necessarily need to buy it, but you can still pay real money to level up the free section of the battle pass. So there's that. Uh, it's going to take. I believe that the new character is going to be on level 20 of the battle pass, while the mythic skin, which is the cool new skins they're putting out that everyone's like, it's going to be $45, will be at the level 50 of it. And it's going to take about 12 to 15 hours of average grind to get to level 20. Uh, to get to if, level 20? Yeah, to unlock that 12 character. 12 to 15 hours? Yeah. Jesus! Here's the meat oh. that I think is really problematic, is that... Oh, boy. The new like you cannot play ranked, I think, unless you have the new character. Jesus so cop is lost unless you have the new character. Oh my god. Weeks. So they're 
they're that's ridiculous the ranked mode so it's forcing everyone into quick match uh, eventually unless you have the new character so you buy the character day one and you can play right like like I said, these are all rumors that I've been pulling yeah, off. Right, exactly. doing yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 be yeah, true, yeah. But it sounds about right because one of the things we've talked about is like the way Overwatch works, this is really bad for the way it's actual gameplay works, but we'll get to that after I'm done with this. And that yeah. the idea that you can miss a character from the battle pass, but the character will become unlockable afterwards, but you have to do specific challenges to win them. Okay, that's depending on the challenges. That's actually not a bad idea. I think that's kind of cool to still give you opportunities to unlock the characters, but you just have to maybe play just a different way. So that's that's okay. It depends on if it's like you have to get eighty headshots in order to. Well, I believe the the, the, uh, uh, estimation that we're getting from my sources are that you gotta win like if for a specific support character, it's going to be win twenty five matches in quick play as a support. which is still a grind and a half. Yeah, because like there's if you no, suck, so no, okay, but... <laughs> well, because like if the, you the, suck, if your team sucks, that's what I'm saying. That's the biggest problem. Is this is a team shooter? Like it's this is not. God damn it! This is not the way. <laughs> this is not conducive yeah. to Overwatch. Yeah. This is a, a quick tangent, but like there was a similar issue that happened in GBO2 where like early on they had like you know you do dailies to get premium yeah. coin or whatever. And one of the one of the dailies was like you have to win like five or six matches, and it was just like everyone was just like this is fucking stupid. Like I can do great on my team, but if my team sucks, I get the loss, and it's just like, well, it wasn't my fault. And it was a thing of like people complain so much, and they were like, all right, all right, we're just gonna make it two, and like that felt so much better because like getting two wins is is not as bad. I really hope that some tweaking goes into this because that is that's insane. Like that 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 is such a barrier that you would look at that character and be like, I guess I'll just spend money on it. But like if you're at that point where you're just like, I guess I'll spend money on it, you're more likely you're just not gonna play the game. Like you're just I, gonna keep yeah. pushing. I have been very uh solid in this like the idea that if you have a game that is quote unquote competitive, locking characters behind money is anti-competitive to your game hey i'm joey q public i'm gonna play overwatch 2 in year five because hey it's the most popular game on the internet we'll see probably not valorant's really hot but you jump into that game and by that point there's like 20 brand new characters with power creep and power stuff most of the new characters are probably going to be broken and overpowered and you're jumping into the Mm -hmm. game with a roster of pretty good well we don't even know if there's going to be any locking or unlocking bullshit with the current roster, but you're like, you're not even given the breadth of the new characters to play with. And unlike a game like Valorant and Apex, who also have this problem with locking characters behind uh, a, ba- a, a grind, uh, all those characters functionally play the same in terms of yeah. gunplay. This is a game where every character plays differently because every character uses different guns and they're yep. mostly ability based. So like, and some, some of them don't even use guns. Sombra plays differently than uh, Winston. Winston plays differently than uh, uh, Zinyana. They all function differently. And then yep. you have situations where like people are brought out, like Farah is one of the coolest characters in the game. She also can be one of the most broken characters in the game if you're not playing Very a hitscan so. character. So hey, yep. what if all the hitscan characters are now locked behind a battle pass that you can't get to, which means it changes, it shifts the way the meta works. Where, like Now the meta works on who can you unlock? It's, it's dumb. I, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of, like, 
Ignoring the it, whole we're taking away the free part of what made Overwatch 1 so fantastic is that you got pretty much all the content of the game for free. This yeah. instantly, like, taking away all that, this instantly shifts the way the game fundamentally functions in a way that I don't think Blizzard is prepared to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I know you want to go, Marcus. I just want to say one thing. Like, if this is the case, then give me the option to pay $70 for Overwatch. Well, they are. I'll buy the game. They are. There's a Founders Edition, but yeah. that doesn't give oh. you everything going forward. It just oh, gives yeah. you... Oh, yeah, yeah. At launch. Uh, yeah. Uh, I... It makes me sad to say this, but this is like really took a hit to my anticipation for oh, Overwatch dude, me, 2. Me like, too. Yeah, man. <sighs> You like essentially you have to live in this game to be able to enjoy it and not spend money. Yeah, which is, I'm not like my game plans with this were to play it with you guys every once in a while and then like yeah. and then like play the single player stuff when it comes out. But like now it's like, all right, dude, you kind of have to keep playing this forever if you want to unlock the new characters and play the new content in the game. Yeah, like I was already a little wary when I found out they were going free to play. Like I understood it from just uh, reading the tea leaves of the industry, but yeah. I was already kind of like, uh, does that work for this style of game? And everything I found out since then has given me big pause. Um, man, this is disappointing. Because like, oh, no, because no, like. This was my this was my shooter essentially. Like exactly. you know, I yeah, was yeah. I had fun playing uh, Warzone with you guys during the pandemic, the pandemic, but I was never any good at it. And then like Apex, finding out recently, there's a reason why I was never going to be good at the game because I was playing with people that were so far ahead of me that it fucked up my. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't your fault, Marcus. <laughs> You were just in the wrong train. <laughs> exactly. Like it, it messed up my queuing. So Overwatch was my game where I was like, I put in the time, the man hours. I got really good at it with different roles. And I was like, this is my shit. I love Overwatch. It became my go to. And so seeing it be like this, man, it's just. I mean, what is life anymore? Yeah. I, like we should, we're going to wrap up, and move on to the next story. Yeah. But I want to point out that one of the things Microsoft has talked about how Activision Blizzard games are going to be on Game Pass. And one of my big things was like, how the fuck do you put a free-to-play game on Game Pass? Here's your answer. All these characters will be unlocked for you if you have Game Pass. Which is, my Xbox fans out there, like, tell me if I'm wrong, but that seems super fucked up. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a solid point. Like, yeah. It would be it would be interesting to be like a fly on the wall to see like what the actual talks are, the conversation in terms of making this kind of change to the the game that everyone's been not everyone, but you know, a lot of people have been playing for what, eight years now? So Overwatch. Yeah. It's just like last thing I'll say before we go is like as someone who at this point has probably played more consecutive hours of Overwatch than maybe everybody combined. Uh, there's still like even asking me who puts a lot of time into Overwatch when I'm able to to continuously grind in this game to unlock shit. That's not even feasible for me. And I'm like because I got people got shit to do. You know what I mean? Like, and 
ah, this is ridiculous. Like, I hope that most of this is just rumors and conjecture, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if it did turn out to be true. And that'd be extremely yeah. disappointing. Yeah. I hope there's enough like jabber and stuff to get them to turn their heads about some of this stuff because it, it needs to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, it's actually Blizzard, so I doubt it's going to happen. Uh, yes, if this is true, it's not going to happen. If the if the, the word is free, if this is if it's like it's because of Warzone, then there's no way in hell they're changing it. They want to make money off point. of this game. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here is still talking about Overwatch 2. This is a short story. Uh, this is by Levi Winslow from Kotaku. New Overwatch 2 hero leaks a teleporting fox girl who plays support. So I'm pretty sure Blizzard accidentally leaked this because uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's the story. Here's the excerpt of the article. Uh, while Blizzard's surprise has been spoiled, late last night, a YouTuber named Karibo Cervantes uploaded a video revealing Overwatch 2's newest hero, Kiriko. The company tried cracking down on the content, an unfinished animated short that gives a bit of a backstory for who Kiriko is and shows off some of her abilities, but it's already too late. The cinematic is easily findable online. So yeah, new cinematic report. We, we already teased when they showed, they said, and a brand new support character, and they showed that weird fox ring through what seems like a Japanese pagoda, and I've now tied to this new character, Kiriko. Uh, there's not much to know about what her abilities are and how, what she is beyond a support person with a spirit fox. That being said, this is the first time I've sat and looked at an Overwatch design and said, man, I think I'm over Overwatch's design settings. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I have her uh, face on screen right now. And it's, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what she looks like when she moves around, I, mean, I guess. You know? She's a... She's a fox. Like it's 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 fine. Like it's not a bad design, but no, it's not a bad design. I just think the design language of the character design in Overwatch, like if she wasn't wearing codedly Japanese clothing, would you think this was a Japanese character? Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean in that way. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, how it's kind of like a Miyazaki, you know, where it's like some of these are Japanese characters, but. Would you know it? But yeah, I mean, I get what you mean. What is it? Which Miyazaki were we talking about? We're talking about Hayao Miyazaki or Hitaka Miyazaki from uh, Dark Souls? Oh, uh, Hayao. Okay, yeah. But but that's just like, yeah, I get get that. That's very much a art thing, but that doesn't really try to like, it's rare of an occasion where like, oh man, this character is Japanese and this character is British. That's rare in Hayao's Miyazaki movie. But this is one of those things where I'm like, I, I saw this character and I thought back and I'm like, what part of Diva says Asian? <laughs> Her voice lines. But what I... I mean, what, just design perspective. Yeah. If anything, I'm just excited that there's another support character because oh, yeah, they have been yeah. starving for support for a while now. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see how she plays out. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get into... Matt Booty Dreams. <laughs> if you're watching us, you're 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 having a great time with us as we're having a great time with ourselves because you know we're just cool people. We ask that you please hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, and then hit that notification bell because we need those three things. Uh, we also need another couple things from you. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast, even if you're not listening to this podcast, download the podcast. Podcast is great, you know. It's just more of us, but in your ears versus in your ears and eyes. Yeah, uh, so make sure you uh, pause this podcast, leave us a review, and then unpause this podcast. It's not much. You can do those things. Um, yeah, so, you know, that way you will stay up to date to all the stuff we have going on. For example, for example, we did 
a live reaction to D23, aka Disney Marvel Game Showcase. And it was amazing. And you're not watching it because you're watching this right now, but you're going to go watch that after you watch this because we know you. Um, so yeah, you know, just, just, we, we just thank you. We just thank you for doing all that stuff, watching all of our content and keeping us going. Thanks. Okay. So this is a very weird story and it's not one I normally like to do. Cause I think I've been on record uh, on podcasts and all podcasts. I don't like just like studio figureheads, just giving out like, uh, uh, quotes and that being the story, but this is one that has an interesting context, uh, to actual industry movement, which worth talking about. This is from VGC. This is from Chris Gullion. Xbox's Matt Booty dreams of having AI as QA testers. So what he's talking about is that he's talked with members of the AI research team at Microsoft and say, hey, is it possible for you guys to create an AI that can QA test our games? And now what he describes is actually really insane for game development, but here's where it's fucked up. So what he wants is that, here's the direct quote, because I would love to be able to start up 10,000 instances of a game in the cloud. So there's 10,000 copies of the game running, deploying mm -hmm. AI bot to spend all night testing that game. Then in the morning we get a report because that would be transformative. That is absolutely true. But in the context of you purchasing Activision Blizzard who are going currently through a PR nightmare because of the way they treated their QA testers, this is one of the most tone deaf things I've ever heard from a Microsoft executive. Did somebody like, ask him? I mean, with a last name like Booty, are you surprised that his takes are ass? <laughs> uh, so, like, all right, I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my time. I mean, like, did he have to? Did he have to talk about this at the Q and A? Like, no, yeah, I, I, think, I, I don't have a breakdown of the exact like notes of what the yeah, Q and A was about. But it seems like, at least the way this article is written, so it could be here or there bias. It seems that this is an unprompted, off the cuff thing that he wants. Yeah, like for lack you of better words, you have to know this, that this is, jobs that go into automation, though. Yeah, but this is just stupid. It's stupid in that what he's saying is that AI is going to basically run the game and generate a report but that doesn't necessarily mean that ai is going to be better than testers it's just it's just going to be more ai yeah but people, like people do stupid shit and you can't program that exactly like because you know so for those who don't know i used to test games in my uh younger years specifically for bethesda yeah and it, it's that job is about not following rules so to build an AI to not follow rules is mind-boggling. Yeah, yeah, it's like the the actual researchers have to like I I wouldn't even know how you would start machine learning something like that because yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But this is that's this not is something dumb. you want getting and out into the wild. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, that's, that's a large niggas, that's a niggas want us to die. <laughs> they they are ready that for us to die. Start of Skynet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> they had an AI that doesn't follow rules. If an <laughs> AI can say no to me, oh, it's a rat. I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> you're like, wait, you're not gonna kill me, are you? It's like, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> Let's test I would it out. never. <laughs> Yeah, that's not that's not something I think that that there are good intentions there, but uh, there's some things you can't program, and there's some things you shouldn't program. Yeah, yeah. There, and then there's that phrase: that. Uh, "Never." They never stop to ask if they should. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
It's always can I, never should I. Yeah. The the other side to this is that we actually had an example of this happen in game, I guess, current game history, but it just wasn't really talked about. No Man's Sky had AI testing. Mm. So I just don't know if it was AI testing before it launched or after it launched. But the issue was that, yeah, the report was generated, but QA testers still had to go through the report and, like, you know, determine if things were yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things where a higher up guy had a dream, talked to some people, and was like, yeah, that's a really cool idea. But he just doesn't understand the actual nitty gritty to it, where it's just like, this yeah. is... Yeah, for me, it's not even the nitty gritty of whether this is possible. For me, it's nitty gritty of what are the optics of you currently buying Activism Blizzard and them having like building a union to protect their QA testers. And then yeah. you being like, we want to put you out of a job. Yeah, and that, that's absolutely like that definitely does not look good for Matt Booty. And that's just another mess. For He's right up in there in the Hall of Fame him. with Don Matrick. <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. But this is one of those rare faux pas that Xbox has that like, A's Xbox diehards aren't going to hear about this and be like, oh, no, who cares about this? Sony ponies are going to hear about this and be screaming out the hills of like, how dare you? But like, no one gives a shit. I'm just saying that like, this is a story that's going to blow over real quick uh, because the main story that we want to talk about is the public blows between uh, Xbox and Sony. Uh, this is a story from GameIndustry.biz. This is from uh, Christopher Dring. Uh, PlayStation colon, Xbox's Call of Duty offer was inadequate on many levels. So we talked about last week that Phil Spencer has sent out a public email letter about uh, Call of Duty, and we sort of got context for, like, what the actual plans for Call of Duty were going to be going forward. A little bit of context. Right? And this is within reference to regulators questioning the Microsoft Activision deal. Fair. Jim Ryan came out... Uh, I think the exact quote from Jim Ryan is Microsoft has offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have their highest quality of Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines that principle. So the public sentiment right now is that Sony is whining. Uh, they're crying mm-hmm. about this Call of Duty stuff, and they are in the wrong for complaining about this. I'm going to continue parroting the thoughts that uh, the acquisitions of this caliber are bad and not great for the industry. No one can convince me otherwise. Uh, this letter and this reveal that uh, the only reason that Jim Ryan has come out and talked about this is that Phil Spencer used the letter he sent in private as a PR move to sell the Microsoft Activision deal. So Jim Ryan came out uh, and probably said, we denied that letter that he's telling us that he sent it. And this is why we delayed it. So like, uh, I mean, denied it. Denied it. There we go. Oh, I can't talk. Uh, and so now these two figureheads are going to fight in the public sphere. Microsoft has the best PR in the world as long as Phil Spencer doesn't act like a businessman. They have the best PR in the world. And pretty much everyone hates Jim Ryan. So this conversation was lost a minute. It was out of Jim Ryan's mouth. But I'm of the mindset that if I was a Sony customer and I played only Call of Duty, I would be angry that Sony didn't fight to keep it on the console. Yep. Also, I don't understand why Sony would help Microsoft win this major acquisition. acquisition. Yeah. So Xbox was going to give PlayStation Call of Duty for three years. After the contract. Yeah, after their contract. Yeah. But like the way that Call of Duty has kind of been going, 
Well, I, I guess if they continue the track of doing Treyarch, uh, Infinity Ward, and Sledgehammer, then you will get three games. But if they say, yeah, we're going to give you three years, and Microsoft's like, okay, we're actually going to change the release schedule of Call of Duty, so it, it comes out every two years or something like that, then like yeah. PlayStation is really only getting one game. But like you know that that's that's contract stuff that might not actually work the way that I'm saying it's going to work. But this is just Jim Ryan doing his job in terms of making sure that Call of Duty stays on PlayStation as best as he can, knowing that it's going to go to the competitor. And you know, Phil Spencer is entertaining this whole conversation, but at the same time, he's also doing his job by trying to position. Microsoft or Xbox as being as the, the premier console. Be. Yeah. So it is one of those things where it's just like at, th- at, at this point, it's just them two going back and forth. And it's like, and Microsoft has look, better PR. They just do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's just like, can, can y'all just figure this out and then let us know what happens? Like we don't, this just back and forth. It's just the interesting thing that Jim Ryan has sort of revealed with like, Hey, these are their plans. And this is why we said no, if it sort of goes backwards on things that Microsoft like big had said openly about the call of duty deals at the outset of the deal, we're like, Oh, we're going to yeah. treat it like Minecraft. This does not sound like you're treating it like Minecraft. <laughs> we'll treat it like Minecraft for three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. I wonder it, what concessions they wanted from uh, Sony. Last of Us. <laughs> you or give like, us Last of Us. <laughs> they get more, and then we'll cut. think like, about we'll, it. We'll, we'll continue to release it as long as y'all take instead of thirty percent from microtransactions, ten percent or something like that. Oh man! Which is like, oh, if you look, we we've seen the fucking sales charts that Call of Duty makes up number one and two on all fucking sales charts that he appears on. Every so like, yeah. that is a bad. Like, I I get why you're fighting for this. And then there is Absolutely. the argument. There is the argument about, and I've heard this parroted around multiple times that stop complaining, Sony, build your own fucking Call of Duty and everything like that. And I'm like, have any of you guys paid attention to the last five years of video games? Yeah. Every game that's gone up against Call of Duty and tried has it's failed. And even when the Call yeah. of Duty games were bad, they still beat them like ten to one. Like yeah. literally, Microsoft, the company that's just bought Call of Duty, tried it with Halo Infinite, and we see how that's working out. That's like squaring up with Marvel at this point. Yeah, like... I don't give the Call of Duty games any extra credit. Like, I'm not their mm-hmm. core audience. I play Call of Duty, right, like, right. three to four years after it's come out, and I only play the single-player campaign, and I judge it based on the single-player campaign. <laughs> but, like, to sit here and minimize its place in terms of gaming, it's, it's insane. People bring up the Switch and things like that, and to that, I would argue that the Switch isn't marketing to those Call of Duty, like, the, the same audience. Yeah, not, not even close. Yeah, yeah. The dudes who buy one or two games, one of those being Call of Duty, even buying a Switch. <laughs> they got it for their kids. They don't see it as a real viable system. Baby boo boo games, as uh, our, our other Williams once said. A wise scholar. <laughs> uh, like, but they got Splatoon. That's a shooter, is it? <laughs> you mean that game where the kids are skeeting ink all over everybody? <laughs> Oh God. I ain't playing that shit. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but this it's it's squabbling, but there's truth to the squabble of like, no, we three years is not enough. It's just not enough time. And like we've seen that like especially if you look at it now, right? Say when that three years happens, it's on a Treyarch game. And Treyarch games just doesn't do as well as Infinity War games. 
and it's like, all right, well, that's it. And then the next game is like Modern Warfare three or something it's like oh my god like this is a big game this is a big game and it's like oh it's not coming to playstation and it's like yeah well you know we followed the contract we gave you the three years but you know just just how it, it, it crumbles you know and playstation doesn't want that and then like yeah no one would want that so no one wants Treyarch games you know what i mean but yeah <sighs> sucks sucks but anyway we'll figure it out all right once again we'll see how this called this activism blizzard deal goes through they're still under regulatory scrutiny on multiple accounts. Uh, I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. It might even go into 2023 at the latest of how long it goes through. And we'll see how everything moves from there. Uh, yeah, and that's the last story. This has been a relatively meaty quick hit. We had a couple of uh, conferences to go through that we wanted to recap. But yeah, that's all the news yeah. I've got for you guys. All right, well, thank you. We appreciate it as always. Uh, well, uh, with that being said, before we get into what we have been playing, we have a word from our sponsors. It's us. ASMR Podcast. Hey there. Have you been enjoying this episode? You have? Great. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, then do us a favor and leave us a review on the podcast platform you're using. If you're watching this, then like the video, subscribe to our channel, and hit the bell so you won't miss out on any of our future videos. Check out pressx2start.com to find information about us, the podcast, links to all of our social media channels, and to join our Discord. Thanks so much. We appreciate your support. Now back to the podcast. And we are back. Back. Now it's time for us to talk about the games we have been playing. Avery, last week you had talked about playing Last of Us Part 1 Remake. Where are you at with that? Uh, I am finished with the main campaign. I pretty much got every trophy uh, in reference to that main campaign. That being said, I have to just play Left Behind and get the trophies for there, which seem to be a cakewalk, and I'll have the Platinum, and I can delete this game from my hard drive and re-download it a year from now when I want to replay this game and feel some. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so, so Left Behind is also a part to it. Yeah. Can you they, play Left Behind before playing yeah. the... There's no, oh, okay. yeah. there's, no, there's no gating it. It just tells you, hey, man, this has spoilers for the main game. I see, I see. One thing I really mm -hmm. dislike about this package, though, that I will say, is that there are a lot of cool features that they added to the game. Like, there's a director's yeah. commentary mode, but, like, you can't turn the director's commentary mode on until you've already beaten the game. And I'm like, oh, man. In the, in the hindsight of... I get why. I get why. But, but like, in the hindsight option. of this being the third release of this game... Yeah, maybe, that should be an maybe, well, It'd we be did nice say to, like, though. Check your uh, profile for trophies or some shit to see that you've already beat it. Right, because we did say the last time we talked about the game that this is a good gateway for people who haven't played it. So, like, mm, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. While I get it, this is the third re-release of this game, but this is legit part of the reason why it was made for people who haven't played it. That this is the definitive version of Last of Us Part One. So. I get it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's especially if this is supposed to be positioned as the game you play after the Last of Us HBO show, then that kind of makes sense. That, But I mean, if it's an option, then like it's up to you whether or not you, you turn a, the commentary on or not. <sighs> yeah, but it's, it's also such a minor inconvenience, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, if you got the game, of course you're going to beat the game, right? That's just what you're supposed to do when you buy games, you know? Right, right Sean, with Elden Ring, you know what I mean? <laughs> I got bored of that, to be dead ass honest. <laughs> it's not that I can't. I just lost all motivation. It's like, eh, this isn't... I had the exact yeah. opposite problem of Sean, in which I put so much of my life into that game that it made every game after it super boring. <laughs> The only reason why I brought it up is because, like, yeah, I'm going to beat, and I actually beat the game. So, you know. Like, that was me with Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> I was like, there's no waifus in all of these games. Oh, oh no. There is going to have to be a serious drought for me to re- revisit that, because I don't even know how far into it I am. So. You're right, you're right, because you have been playing a game called Toem. Am I saying that right? Poem, yeah. Toem, yeah. Toem. I have one comment before we get to that. Maybe oh, oh. you didn't cheat with magic and you had your blood pumping of getting into 1v1 fights of all your enemies. <laughs> Maybe it wouldn't bore you. <laughs> Moving on. See me outside, Avery. I've got literally nothing to lose. <laughs> no, that, Avery is the one of us that I would be the most scared to fight. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Go right for the kneecaps for <laughs> Um, okay, so no, I actually wanted to play Toem like when they first announced it, but then I was like, I don't feel like spending money on this. <laughs> so to see that it came as a uh, PlayStation, where's Plus, the color? There's no color to this. Actually, Uh-oh. actually, let me finish. Um, wait, none of y'all are gonna play this, right? I am. Wait, wait, actually, no. I have I already played Toem. No, that was Chicory. I played Chicory. I didn't play Toem. Okay, I'm a play trickery. Um, I'm not gonna spoil the ending then because I mean, it's something you should experience. As they say, it's kind of a cool little ending. But um, to see that it came as a PlayStation Plus game was a uh, you know delightful little thing. It is a isometric kind of 3D game that is, I want to say almost hand drawn, but everything is 2D. Yeah. So you can move the camera around in a 3D space, kind of. But then all the characters are 2D. And your ultimate goal in the game is to experience what they call Toem. You start out at home, and I think they have like four or five different locales that you kind of have to take pictures of things and do little tasks. So they'll tell you to take a picture of some creepy guy hiding in the woods or, you know, you're taking pictures of different wildlife and stuff like that. It's it's. I think I platinumed it in like five hours. I mean, it's a quick game if you want to just okay. check it out. Your mother gives you a camera. I think you get different clothes in the game to do different things. You get like, I think a diver's helmet to go underwater. You get a, a hiker's boots or whatever the hell to climb up like mountains and ropes in the snowy area. It's a short game. Just check it out With, without spoiling it. Did it you has. Mean, you, have, you had a good time playing it? Yeah. I, I sat there... there and played it. Huh? Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, plat- I sat there and played it until I platinumed it. All in... Oh. I, I would say one sitting, but I played it like late at night and then finished it the next morning, so... Okay. Yeah. Was yeah. there any... Because you're taking photos, what, what's the challenge? Is there any challenge in this, or is it pretty, like, easy over, overall? I mean, you can't die, per se. So, I mean, the challenge... Oh, yeah. it's, it's just a... It, it's more of an experience versus a challenge. Okay. Uh, they have slight puzzles in there trying to activate and figure out how to get certain things. Like, um, there are certain monsters that will go hide when you get close by, but you also have a tripod 
that you can set up and go hide around a corner to say, you know, take pictures of things. Oh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, okay. it has a little humor, whatever yeah. you want to call it, you know, but nah, it's an interesting experience. I, I would try the first level or two just to see what I'm talking about to see if you like it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, it was an enjoyable yeah. game. For kind of funny, to, fa- um, yeah. For kind of funny fans, shout out to uh, Portillo who is forever immortalized in this game. Mm. Oh, is yeah. This is one of the games that Portillo oh, is in. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Apart from that, so I'm still engrossed in Yakuza Zero and uh. Last night, I can see why Jordan says he does not play this, or at least certain sections of this in front of his girlfriend, because uh, <laughs> I was doing the telephone club missions last night where you're uh, trying to pick up ladies, and uh, as you're on the phone with them, it has this, it, it has like a bikinied woman in the background, very sensually, uh, they're not moaning or anything, but you're on the phone trying to get, you know, pick them up, get on a date, and... Yakuza is so many different games all at once because of all the different control mechanics that they throw in there. On the phone call, you're talking to them, but you're trying to ask and respond in the right way. But you're not just picking things from like a wheel. The responses are floating all over the screen, flipping around and doing all sorts of stuff. And then you have to shoot the response with the stick. So you have to crank crank up a rotary phone, for lack of a better word. That's like your bullets. You're 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 using a pointer to shoot your responses, but you're charging up like your response bullets and the icon is like a rotary phone, but then shoots out musical notes and (laughs) you can ask crazy ass questions like, are you really a man? And and then (laughs) there are like seven different girls you can meet in the game and you have three successful dates, quote unquote, but you have three bad dates and the bad dates are the hilarious ones because there's one where like he goes to meet up with the girl and it's like man she sound real young on the phone and you go to meet her and it's like this old woman standing there let me older woman mm, okay a cougar and he's like that can't possibly be her that must be her mother come to meet me she must be shy and she walks up he's like no it's really me like what well, you know what's going on and there's another girl who is quite large and he gets up and he's ready to square up with her to fight like yo like who the hell are you (laughs) but you can take these girls out on like karaoke dates and darts and whatever i haven't actually done all of that because i try to do all of those missions all at once i think there's one where like you uh meet up with a girl but then her ex-boyfriend comes to fight you because he's like i spent all this money on her and she dumped me you know i want my money back whatever right the game the game is many things all at once. There's breakdancing in the game, but then it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And this is only the first game. Wow. I, 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 I'm going to get through all eight of them. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take God's me a while. Brother. It's going to take me a while, but um, I'm kind of upset that I didn't pay this uh, series more attention before. Like, um, I mean, I guess I get to experience it in the best way. It's presented now kind of like a Last of Us Zero. This is for people who probably never played Yakuza games. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I would check it out. It, it's 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 a it's an experience. It's a spectacle to build. Yeah, it, I, I think the, the best thing for the Yakuza series is that it, it came to the uh, subscription services and like it's allowing more people to play these games and to find a new game that they really enjoy, you know? So like that's that's awesome. 
Um, I have been playing like dragon. I really, really wish Sean, you were playing like a dragon as well because we can we can bounce back and forth with the with what's the with the goings ons of the game. I heard that uh, it takes three hours to get until you can actually get into the game. Three hours of cutscenes. No, no, no. It's not that long. Like, but it's long. There, there. It's 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 not three hours. It's it's maybe like. There's a lot of cutscenes that happens near the beginning of the game, but it's it's um you okay, get before like before it fully opens up. Then. I mean, I don't know because like I am, I'm like maybe six or so hours into the game. Like I have four characters right now. I'm not sure if I have the four characters. I'm not sure if you get more characters, but mm-hmm. I'm probably like six or so hours into the game. But like, there's stuff that's still uh, locked off in my menus and stuff, and like, I'm still like learning different yeah. things you can do. Like, just like what you were saying in terms of the different games that you're playing in this one game is just—it's so amazing that you you go from it being a normal How RPG. Did I miss this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, like it's it's a normal RPG where you're like fighting these people you are pressing circle on the right time they hit to like mitigate some of the damage and you jump into this biking game where you're collecting cans on the ground and you're hitting water bottles for boost and you're you're trying to hit other people to get their cans and it's just like what like the game is is so great it's it is i don't want to say it's a masterpiece but this game is feeling like a masterpiece right now i am for those who've played the game, I have just completed the Nanako section, mm-hmm. and I I don't know if that's it's going to be spoiler, but it's not really a spoiler because like you know it's not going to make sense right now if I say it. But I basically got this her sister. Old. Wow, wow! You know what? <laughs> you know what, Marcus? I'm old. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I'm just saying in terms of like the spoilers at this point. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just I'm just having a good time with the game. Like I am thoroughly enjoying it. And I know that I'm not like I'm far in the game, but I'm not far in the game. So there's just a ton of stuff just waiting for me to surprise me. And I, I don't know if I don't know if there's going to be like a telephone game thing like you're describing, Sean, in, in mm-hmm. this game. Like you you do mess with like brothel type areas, but they call it Soapland in this. I'm guessing that's just the Japanese name convention over there. But um, like the way that the characters interact in these environments, in that specific environment, it is so interesting. And it's like all the characters are taking it serious, but then there's still like jokes and stuff that are made and it's like oh man this is just this is great like there was a character that was just like oh this guy definitely is a jerk he's he's such a terrible person and you realize oh no he actually likes being the head of you know the kind of brothel thing and he actually cares Mm -hmm. about his his employees oh man it's great it's great um so yeah that's that's pretty much been what i've been playing all right well uh i think we have covered the games we are we have been playing well that is it for our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed making this podcast. If you haven't already, we request, we require, we ask that you please like this podcast, you please subscribe to the channel, and then you hit that notification bell. If you are listening, please pause this podcast and leave a review. 
if it is a good review, we will read it off in our podcast. Maybe we'll laugh. Maybe we'll cry. Maybe we'll find you in, in real life and give you a hug. With the mask on, of course, because pandemic is still out here and COVID's not playing around. Uh, yeah, I think I think with that being said, we can end this thing and go on our merry ways, you know? Yeah, I think we'll do that. All right, you uh, you be safe. You take care. You play some more video games and you wash your hands. Uno out. <laughs>